I think everybody needs to be the tallest poppy. Everybody needs to be their own full, unique self-expression. Hello, welcome to Soul Blazers, the podcast that ignites your inner fire and empowers you to blaze your own trail. I'm your host, Kira. And I'm Amanda. Together, we are here to share our stories, insights, and wisdom to inspire and guide aspiring trailblazers like you. And like us. So whether you're learning to start your own business, seeking personal growth, or simply looking for that spark to set your soul ablaze, this is for you. Kara, we're doing it today. I'm so proud of us. Today's the day. Yeah. Do you remember a year ago when you said, Amanda, it was like a year and it was like a year and a few months. And you go, Amanda, what makes your heart sing? I had never even thought about what makes my heart sing. <laughs> I thought, hello holidays, what makes my heart sing is picking out beautiful ribbon and creating designs and then I was I was like that's fun but does that make my heart sing and that that took me down a rabbit hole of self-discovery no one had ever asked me that or given me space to to even think about it so I'd like to thank you for that well you're very welcome uh, I wish I could tell you I knew where that came from I don't I'm sure I just picked it up along the way from somebody what my idea it's not like I made it up but it's a funny it's a funny reorientation right I don't think I don't think as kids or sort of culturally we're taught to even to your point I think most people don't have a ready answer for that I do now well yeah now you do right and I think it'll change over time and having that freedom to say okay in this season what makes my heart sing and I've been doing things that make my heart sing on a regular basis for the last year and I am happier than I've ever been I'm more content than I've ever been yeah I think it's a different orientation right like it's just a different way to think about your day instead of your to-do list or your like sort of task oriented day yeah it's not that way and I was thinking when you, when you asked me that, it felt so self-centered. It felt so, well, I'm gonna do what makes Harry and Georgia and Chad and all the people around me, makes their heart sing. And what I've learned is now that I do what makes my heart sing, everyone around me is way happier. That's right, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna give credit to Ramdas because I think this is probably where it came from, but you know, the best you can do for anybody else is work on yourself and I think it's just not sort of the framework we're given as kids. We're told to like work hard and, you know, achieve. Like we live in a very achievement oriented culture, but, and people talk about like, we'll just do what makes you happy. But I think happy is such a, you know, generic term. And what does that really mean? And, you know, it's easy to say like, well, here's what I think's supposed to make me happy, but that descriptor like what makes your heart sing is such a specific descriptor you have to really think about it for a second like what's that even mean you know for your heart to sing like obviously the birds have it figured out especially today but totally yeah um that that make me happy I think I thought well what makes everybody else happy is going to make me happy but then when you say make your heart sing it makes me feel like Amanda Ware has my own purpose. Like I get, I get Amanda Ware born into this planet has my own purpose that is nobody else's purpose. It feels like I'm special when you said that to me. It made me feel special. Like 
made me feel like I am special. Not that you thought I was special, that I'm special enough to have my own plan. And ever since I did that, I was like, oh, being outside makes my heart sing. I've been outside every, almost every day and my husband's becoming to be outside. My kids are wanting to be outside. What makes my heart sing makes their heart sing. And I wouldn't have known because we were going to so many events and we were doing all the things and it was it, busyness and we've slowed down. And I think it's because I'm realizing doing all those things and being around all the people weren't really making me feel peace. Yeah, you know, I think there's a funny thing when you just have a like question like that or, you know, a new input that really shifts how you see things. It makes you reevaluate stuff that you do just as like a default, right? Like, well, why were you doing all those things? Well, because you always had, you know, habitual. We all have habits that we fall into and it's like, well, why do I do it that way? Because that's the way I do it. <laughs> you know, I don't have much more detailed explanation than that. And I think, you know, each of us are our own unique set of gifts and dreams and circumstances and life experiences. And, you know, it is true. Each person is special. And how do we cultivate that? Because I think if, if I think about groups of people that I've worked with where the whole was really functioning well, the group was functioning well, it was because each individual person was acting out the full capability of who they are and uh, everyone was sort of singing their own part of the song right nobody was trying to like follow some prescriptive this is the way you have to do it recipe they were just doing their part and doing their part with a shared you know mission vision but really embracing that unique each individual human being is unique. I think, you know, especially for women that like, don't be the tallest poppy, don't stick out, like you don't wanna be unique. There's a sense of safety in blending in or not sticking out or not being special. I think it's the opposite. I think everybody needs to be the tallest poppy. Everybody needs to be their own full, unique self-expression you know, I think it's maybe a Brene Brown quote, but it's that if uh, what the world really needs is, a, you know, a world full of people who are all the way alive and all the way awake and all the way themselves. And if each of us were able to really embrace being a rainbow unicorn snowflake of our own, <laughs> that that is that is the goal, you know, having a full authentic expression of yourself is the goal rather than sort of living inside whatever constraints or boxes we've created for ourselves along the way. And that goes into being a trailblazer. I think that question of like, what makes your heart sing might be the beginning of going and blazing your own trail, which I have found since I, it's really uncomfortable for me to say I'm a trailblazer because that word seems so ginormous. But in that, it's a lonely process when you start saying, I'm going to do what makes my heart sing and I'm going to blaze my own trail. It it kind the people and if everyone around you is not doing that, it's going to make them feel uncomfortable. And explain the bravery and the courage that you have found to do that. You know, it's interesting like 
I don't think of it as that so much, meaning I've had such an unusual path that nobody expected me really to be like everybody else, even as a little kid. And so I don't see it as taking courage or being brave necessarily, but I certainly understand why other people do. I do think that label trailblazer is a hard one because, you know, societally we ascribe a certain sense of like, that person is the leader that the others are supposed to follow. But I actually think, again, it's not that there are trailblazers and everybody else should line up behind them. Each person should be making their own way and blazing their own trail because we have to be in our own unique paths to really get, get to that like purpose, to our individual purpose. Now, that's not to say in doing so you completely ignore the greater good or ignore how that impacts other people. It's both and, you know, I'm a big Richard Rohr fan and Richard Rohr talks about dualistic and non-dualistic thinking. Like it's not either or, it's not either you're a trailblazer or a follower. It's like you're blazing your trail and you're doing that in community with other people who are also blazing their own trail. It's not that I, I understand how it can feel lonely, especially when you're first making those changes and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a lonely process. It doesn't have to be something that only you are doing or that only you can do. You have to blaze your own trail, but you can, you know, holler out to the guy on the next trail over. You know, it's not so far. We're not so far apart. And I think that image of the like lone wolf soul person out, you know, making their way through the wilderness is, uh, you know, not the only way to do it. Totally. Um, in my experience, it's been, well, you're, I'm, if I do it differently than my culture, who's done it the same way, which goes to that question of like, what are the things that you and I have learned that our culture really values that we might not value anymore? And that kind of is makes other people feel uncomfortable where I've said that one thing that makes me just like fired up is being around people with a whole different perspective maybe a religion they are so devoted to that I have never really understood or it's that's fascinating to me but that but when you do blaze your own trail and your whole culture around you was one way it's it feels lonely in a grieving way of like feeling like man it felt really good when we all believe the same thing that felt safe. And when you stop believing that example, like um, a, what you mentioned earlier, achievement mindset, like we have teenagers, we see it. That is like the moms and dads live for their kids' achievements. It is on every social media post they post is about their kids' achievements. And that is something you and I, uh, before we even became friends, neither of us, that was not something that turned us on. It's not something that made us super proud of our kids. That's not the stuff that shines. So that can be like a, oh gosh, I feel, that feels lonely to me. Yeah. You know, I would say that you have a different you know, experience and perspective of that because you came from a community that was quite lined up against a certain set of beliefs and quite um, insular in some ways. I've never really 
had that. I've never been such a part of a group that required that I think a certain way or act a certain way. So I don't, I don't have that in the same way. For you, it was coming out of like a religious tradition. I think for some people it can come out of like an ethnic or cultural group. Uh, but, you know, having grown up with parents who, you know, my mother was uh, a dentist in our tiny little town in eastern Kentucky. She went to dental school when very few women did that. She was already sort of set apart and they were very, my parents were very clear from the get-go that, you know, I needed to find my own way and it really didn't matter what other people were doing. I think part of that also comes back to personality. So one of the things you and I like initially started spending a lot of time talking about was the Enneagram. Both of us had, had, you know, separately found that tool of personality typing, which doesn't sound like exactly what it is, but personality system or a way of understanding the lenses through which people see the world. And, and at least in this, iteration of the Enneagram it is kind of buried in religious tradition like Christian kind of evangelical um, churches have really picked it up and run with it it comes out of a more like mystical tradition actually historically but um, one of the parts of the Enneagram and we'll talk in, in detail about the Enneagram in other episodes but one of the parts of it is uh your instincts, sort of the way you connect with other people. And the three instincts are one-to-one, social, and self-preservation. The social instinct is something that I think you've always had much more of, that sort of being a part of a group, being into a group, belonging as a focus. That's not as much of a thing for me. If I'm involved in groups, it tends to be around a cause or a specific interest more so than sort of a more generalized social group. Um, It's a long-winded way of saying that I think that idea of belonging is true for everybody. Everybody, human beings, are social creatures and want to feel a sense of belonging. But I think, you know, that comes in all kinds of different forms. And as you're sort of venturing out into a path that feels unexplored or feels unique to you you know you do have to kind of risk belonging I'm a fan of I'm a fan of a researcher called Gabor Mate and he talks about sort of the tension between authenticity and um, attachment and that many people will sacrifice authenticity to maintain attachment you know as kids as babies humans are so dependent and so attachment to um, others is how you get your needs met and how you make your way in the world and so like the fear or the wound around losing attachment is something that lots of people will avoid at all costs but it really comes from a place of fear and a sort of um, childlike sense of what what you risk when you decide to lean into authenticity. 
As we reach the end of this episode, we realize we have just scratched the surface. There's so much more to explore. So stay tuned for more empowering conversations and enlightening words of wisdom from your soul-blazing big sisters, Karen and Amanda.